0: Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson.
1: Sometimes a person is tempted to think that, well, my situation is extraordinary. My situation is different than anyone else's situation. Well, I fell because I was tested or tempted like no one has ever been tested or tempted. Not true. We're all tempted. We are all Here's a promise. God is faithful.
0: Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of 1 Corinthians. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 14, in a message titled, Learning from History. Now, here's Pastor Brian.
1: People who had seen God work in their lives and deliver them, but then carelessly began to dabble in dangerous things and often thought, I'm immune, I'm invulnerable, I'm not going to stumble. I'm not going to fall. I'm strong enough to engage in these things. But they were wrong. They were naive. They deceived themselves. As I was thinking about this, and as I said, I could tell many stories, but one came to mind, one of the more tragic stories that I have witnessed Many, many years ago there were, there was a group of, of young people, group of surfers, and this group of kids had come to faith in Jesus, and it was a beautiful thing that was happening and One of them actually owned a surf shop in the area where we lived and and they used to have regular morning Bible studies at the shop, and all these kids would come in and worship jesus and you know it was just a beautiful thing and Several times they would invite me. Would you come over and share with us? And, and, you know, I was happy to do that. And it was it was great. And I, I would watch their lives and see how God was blessing them and see how God was using them. And there was one of the young men that was extraordinary, stood out, just very kind and gracious and humble, was actually the, he was a professional surfer and he was the, uh, very influential on his high school campus. So just this, you know, this beautiful thing. These kids that had come out of the mess of the world and had this new life in Christ. But something happened. As time went on, some outside influences came in. They got caught up in in some pride. They, They started getting off into all of this philosophical kinds of stuff. And you know, pretty soon they had taken the idea of the sovereignty of God and they'd taken it to such an extreme that they no longer believed that there was any human responsibility. They no longer thought themselves responsible for their spiritual well-being. They just thought, well, that's all up to God. And so they started dabbling in things and they started reintroducing things that they had previously left off. Saying, oh, well, we have freedom in Christ. And, you know, God's responsible to take care of us and he's sovereign. And this deception began to develop. And I watched this beautiful thing be destroyed right before my eyes. I watched marriages break up. I watched people go back into addiction. Out of that group, there was a suicide. And the most tragic was that beautiful young man that I mentioned who had so much influence on his campus. He became so spiritually disoriented through the influence of these extreme philosophies that he drifted back, not not even drifted back because he wasn't so much a partier before, because he was a professional surfer who was taking his sport seriously. But he got into drinking. He got into drinking excessively and I would reach out to him, and others would reach out to him at times. And I, I remember I went to see him. He worked at a surf shop, and I was able to have a conversation with him. And, and I was hopeful because I knew God had just touched him so deeply. I was hopeful that it would be just a matter of time before he turned around. And you know, shortly after I paid that visit to him, I received word that he had died. And he died because he was in a drunken stupor at a party. And he fell down from the top of his hotel balcony to the ground. And I remembered that as I was thinking through these things last night. And I look at that group and I think, you know, you could say The same things that Paul is saying about the Israelites. They passed through the waters. They ate the spiritual food. They drank the spiritual drink. But sadly, they turned to evil things that brought about their destruction. Now, some might say, well, that'll never happen to me. And I can tell you right now, nobody ever thought that would happen to them. No one in that group. You see, this is the danger. We don't think it can happen to us. You know, maybe you see somebody who you once knew was close to Jesus, walking with the Lord, serving him. And now they're so far from the Lord and you look and Maybe you even know the details and you think, wow, that's horrible, but you know, that can never happen to me. Paul says, if you think you are standing firm, be careful. Be careful that you don't fall. You know, yesterday, my friends, uh, Dave and Raphael, who are staying with us right now, you've met Dave. He's from England and Roth's from Spain, and we've been dear friends for many, many years. But anyway, we, we spent the day together yesterday, and we just got into a conversation maybe because of the passage here today, but we got into a conversation and ended up talking about people we know, people that we have actually served Jesus with side by side over the years throughout Europe and Britain different places in the world. We ended up talking about a handful of people that we know who thought they stood. They thought they were exempt, but they fell. And they are completely put on the shelf, disqualified, out of the ministry today, and they had powerful ministries. They had impactful ministries. They were being used by God in extraordinary ways, but it's all been undone. And so don't be naive and self-confident. You're not exempt from stumbling. Now, verse 13 gives us truths that we need to know and promises that we need to stand on. Verse 13, here's the truth. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. In other words, the temptations that we undergo are the same temptations that everyone else undergoes. There's no temptation. And the word temptation, let me just let you know this. The word temptation and the word testing are the same Greek word. And only the the context tells you if it should be translated temptation, which is a solicitation to evil or testing, which is like a trial, a a prolonged period of difficulty. But oftentimes a trial turns into a temptation because in a prolonged period of difficulty, we are then tempted to not trust God. We are tempted to then take things into our own hands or we are tempted to back off from our relationship with the Lord. But the thing that we need to know is that no temptation Has overtaken you, except what is common to mankind. So sometimes a person is tempted to think that, well, my situation is extraordinary. My situation is different than anyone else's situation. Well, I fell because I was tested or tempted like no one has ever been tested or tempted. Not true. We're all tempted. We are all tested. Here's a promise God is faithful. God is faithful. And He's faithful. Listen, He is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Now, let me clarify this. The problem here that Paul's addressing with the Corinthians was that this was self-induced temptation. Now, we're all going to be tempted. We're all going to be tested. We're all going to be tried. And there's nothing we can do about much of that. God allows that. He allows it to develop character in us. He allows it to strengthen us. He allows us to go through experiences to see his deliverance come through, to build up our faith and then to enable us to help others when needed. But what we don't want to ever do is we don't want to tempt the Lord as the Israelites did. In other words, we don't want to put ourselves in a place of temptation. And that's what the Corinthians were doing, this this particular group in the Corinthian church. By putting themselves in the idol's temple, they were putting themselves in a place where they shouldn't have. And so we have to be careful that we don't do that 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 we don't tempt the Lord by putting ourselves in places, in circumstances, in relationships that make us vulnerable and could cause us to stumble. So God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. He won't let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. You know. It's, it's verses like these. I don't know how many of you have this verse underlined in your Bible. But I've had this verse underlined in my Bible for decades. Because I've had to fall back on it. I've had to press into it. Because there have been times where I felt that the temptation was greater than I could bear. There have been times when I felt the testing was greater than I could bear, and I was on the verge of despair, thinking that I can't handle this. But this verse came along and reminded me that God does not give me anything that I cannot bear. So guess what? I can bear it. I can handle it by His grace. I will be able to. He will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we can bear. That's a truth. And here's then the promise. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way of escape that you may endure it. He will provide a way of escape. As we are in temptation at times without any fault of our own putting us there we have to recognize that God has given us grace to endure and he will make a way out and there's different ways that this last part of the verse is translated and the idea though is is that God is going to get us through it we can trust him He's going to give us the ability to endure. He's going to give us a way out. Another translation is he will bring it to an end. He will will bring it to an end. Trials, testings, temptations, they don't go on indefinitely. They run their course. There is that, that point in time where God brings it to an end. And we can count on that. But again, we want to be careful that we are not putting ourselves in a place to be tempted. And so the conclusion of the matter then for Paul to the Corinthians at this point is verse 14. Therefore, my dear friends, flee from idolatry. And we can include every evil thing. It's not just idolatry. He mentioned sexual immorality. He mentioned tempting Christ. He mentioned the grumbling, the complaining, and those other things. And what is he saying? He's saying, flee from these things. Don't dabble with them. Don't play with fire, thinking you won't get burned. Because the Proverbs ask this question, Can a person bring fire to their bosom without getting burned? And guess what the answer to the question is? No, you can't. You will get burned. So flee idolatry. Flee evil things. Now, I said this in regard to the text last time, where Paul mentioned his fear to be disqualified and I mentioned how some would see these passages they're all connected as a proof text for the possibility of losing one's salvation and as I said previously I don't believe that is possible I do believe though that it's possible to have a saved soul and a wasted or even ruined life. There was a man named Alan Redpath who was a a well-known British pastor and author, pastored in the UK, came to the United States, pastored at Moody Church in Chicago. And he preached a sermon one time. And the sermon actually was partially his testimony. And the sermon was titled, Save Soul, Wasted Life. He had come to faith in Jesus, walked with God for a season, went back out and was doing whatever it was that he was doing. And one day found himself in a miserable state. And one day wandered back into a church service and he heard the preacher say, You can have a saved soul, but a wasted life. And he tells a story. I actually heard him preach this one time at a conference. He tells a story of how those words began to haunt him. And he, he said, Everywhere he went, the band was playing the same song saved soul, wasted life. Saved soul, wasted life. Saved soul wasted life. Till finally he just couldn't handle it anymore. And he said, God, forgive me. Surrendered to Jesus and never looked back. But it is a possibility. Don't let that happen. Flee those sinful habits like Joseph fled from the house of potiphar when potiphar's wife was seeking to seduce him paul says to timothy timothy flee youthful desires and i have discovered that my youthful desires are still with me even though i'm old so let's not fool ourselves into thinking that oh that those 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 kinds of warnings those are for the young people you know their youthful desires. Anybody who's lived a while, you realize, no, these things don't go away. Devil doesn't go away. Flesh is always going to be the flesh. It'll never be. It'll never be until the resurrection. Glorified and, and free from sin. That's why it must be put to death. That's why, as Paul said in Galatians, those that belong to Christ have crucified their flesh with the passions and the desires. And so flee those sinful habits and run to Jesus. Run to Jesus for help, forgiveness, and strength. Now, this is Paul's heart for them, and I love the way he In verse 14, you can see the tone of his voice change. Therefore, my dear friends, he's giving them the strong warning, but then he comes back around and you see that he's giving them this warning because he loves them. He cares about them. Therefore, my dear friends, please flee idolatry and these evil things. And so these things happen to them as examples to us. The stories of the Israelites in the wilderness and and all of the things that befell them, all of those are written for us. They're history lessons so that we will learn not to do the things they did. God help us. God help us.
0: And now, let's join Pastor Brian in the studio as he shares about this month's resource on Back to Basics. An important aspect of the Christian life is
1: understanding that we are in a spiritual battle. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, the Apostle Paul told us in Ephesians chapter 6, but we are in a war against these principalities and powers, against these spiritual beings. And so I've written a book that was at one time entitled Spiritual Warfare, but in the updated version, I changed the title to The Powers of Darkness and the People of God, and I think this is such an important book. So many of us go about experiencing the what is really the attack of, of the devil, but we don't even realize that that's what's going on. So this book will inform you not only of how to detect when the enemy's at work, but also of how to combat the various schemes of the enemy to mess with us and to undermine our faith and to just basically make our lives miserable. So I want to encourage you to pick up a copy, of the powers of
0: darkness and the people of God. Again, this month's resource is a book titled The Powers of Darkness and the People of God by Brian Broderson. You can order the book The Powers of Darkness and the People of God by going to our website, backtobasicsradio.com. Scroll down until you see the photo of it and then click on the donate button. When you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you the book, The Powers of Darkness and the People of God by Brian Broderson. It's our way of saying thank you for your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.
1: Hi, this is Cheryl and...
0: Brian Broderson.
1: And we wanted to tell you that we're going to Israel in October 2022, and we want you there with us. Yeah, the dates are October 23rd through November 4th, and this is gonna be a tremendous trip. Cheryl, what's your favorite thing about Israel? I love the Galilee, but Brian... You and I both know there's so much because we love watching the Bible come alive, whether you're at Tel Aviv or you're at Jerusalem or Caesarea yep, or Mount, Mount Carmel. Carmel. Yes. And it is the trip of a lifetime. So we'd love to have you join us. And if you're interested, we're going to have an informational meeting on Sunday, March 20th at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa.
0: Or you can find out the details if you go online at
1: israel.ccCM. Yep. We hope you can join us. It's going to be
0: great. It will be.